Welcome back to Slapcast. This is episode 18 of our coverage of the 2021-22 season. I'm your host, Gage, as usual. And today I'm joined by the full contingent once again on this most auspicious of days for Slapcast. It's a very exciting day. You may know that we, uh, we've we had May 2nd airmarked as our key day for the future here. We've got a really exciting announcement to bring to you. But first, I will bring you the other members of the panel who are all assembled here like the Avengers for us to to join. Uh, I'll start with Reese because you made sound. Hello, Reese. Hello. Which Avenger am I? Uh, Hulk. Hulk. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, and also Ethan. Ethan's here. Hello, Ethan. Hello, Gage. And Josh. Josh is back with us. Josh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? What Avengers are me and Ethan? I guess, well, actually, you you might be more close or more closer. You might be closer to the Hulk than Reese, honestly. Uh, Ethan, I don't I, know. I was going to say Hulk because I kind of got the... We're all like, Hulk. Y'all are all <laughs> Hulk. All three of y'all are Hulk, and I'm Ant-Man because I'm small. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Hulk because I'm green. Oh, and the, speaking of uh, you being able to st- notice details about us, uh, you may... If you're watching this on YouTube, which you may be, because that is a thing now, uh, you'll be able to see all of our bright and shining faces and particularly large heads, actually, which all of us are afflicted with, I believe. But yeah, you you, ha- <laughs> you will be able to see us now, which is very exciting. Uh, hello. Uh, to our audio listeners, I will not be providing a description of us uh, because that is your fault. So yeah. <laughs> but... We're going to begin the show with a bang with our most exciting announcement, probably in Slapcast history. And that is that we have been invited to join the Manifest Media Podcast Network, which is a new uh, burgeoning podcast network provided by uh, our, our good friend, friend of the show, and uh, former guest as well, Chris, uh, who you may be familiar with. He's the man behind Manifest Media, and uh, he's asked us to come along on this journey with him, which we're really excited about. Um, you know, additionally, uh, he's gonna, he's agreed to come on as our producer. So you may see him, you know, kind of from time to time popping up on the show or, or, um, popping up on social media or wherever. So yeah, big thanks to Chris, um, for, for being involved with us. Big thanks to manifest, uh, for starting this partnership. You know, we've already been kind of working with them a little bit, but, um, you know, we're really excited to join the network and be involved with some of the other shows around. I know chum chat is one of the big ones. Uh, So, yeah, we're very pleased to be uh, associated with them. So one other thing that I'm very pleased about is that we must pursue normal events rapidly, which is why I'm handing it over to Josh for question of the day. All right. So the question of the day today is what's a snack that you've had recently that's just kind of like new? You hadn't had it before and like you were like, oh, that's a good snack. If you would like live your whole life without it until like I don't know, like six months ago, minimum or maximum. Kind of tough. I don't really branch out with. My I snacks. was gonna say, man, I'm not very adventurous. I don't have a whole ton of snacks. I'll Josh, you, yeah, you go yeah. first. Yeah, I got these things. They're a British snack. They're called peanut butter puffs. I found them at HEB. It's literally a Cheeto base, but instead of cheese, it's got fucking peanut butter dust on it, and they're amazing. Is it kind of like like pirate booty, or it's more like Cheeto, like a Cheeto puff, if you put like peanut butter powder on it. Very interesting. 
It's pretty good. I was skeptical at first, but I saw peanut butter. I was like, ooh, peanut butter is one of my favorite snacks. I was like, this can't be bad. And it does not disappoint it. I don't know if I have an answer for you. I don't, I, I don't have a snack, snack, but I have a drink that I've been on recently. I don't know if that counts. Is, Doc, is it Dr. Pepper? Dude, what? I've been drinking Dr. Pepper new. since I was well i didn't know if you were like just disregarding the new thing no a drink that the new thing is why i don't have an answer yeah yeah i'm gonna go with this because i don't have any other answers because i haven't really been snacking i haven't i haven't snacked a lot at all really recently uh other than cheez it's which is my usual go-to but my new drink of choice is red bull actually uh i've been enjoy red bull (laughs) yeah josh is laughing at me but listen I started drinking it because of F1 because I formerly formerly was drinking bangs and like not okay let's let's clarify like I'm not crushing like seven of these a day okay I'm drinking one a day max usually not even one every day like I'm not absolutely destroying these things it's just you know sometimes in the morning you need a little extra kick and I, I like I like that it makes me feel energized but not as uh absolutely tweaking as bang makes me feel so you sound like a fucking like cocaine addict who smokes started smoking weed regularly. It doesn't have as much kick, but it's it it does good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you talk to a lot of cocaine addicts that smoke weed. Yeah, you have experience with that. Anyway. <laughs> I do have an answer. I've thought of one. So oh, kind of. I have I have a pseudo answer. So we saw um a movie recently like me and me and my roommates me and ethan and a couple other dudes and um the movie doesn't matter but the location does because it's like an eatery place and i got an appetizer which is why i'm going to count it as snack because it was very good and it was kind of snackish uh it was pickle fries which were essentially just fried pickles but long uh and they were good. really good sonic has good. them now really Yes. We've been on a bit of a sonic kick since we talked about it. Oh, yeah. Grilled cheesers are in the house. Yeah. The grilled okay. cheesers unite. We've been yeah. on the sonic kick recently. Josh, we're going to get you. No, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've also haven't been branching too much out for snacks, but um, one thing that I've made a part of my routine uh, this year um, has been uh, premier protein shakes. Uh, oh. It make, always makes me feel good to have one like after a workout, which is maybe like four times a week or something. So I guess that does always make me feel good. Going back to appetizers, I had, there's this new place, it's called Perry's Pizza. It's in like North San Antonio. I also have one in like the colony up in DFW, but it has like, um, it was like Italian nachos. It wasn't really Italian at all. They just called it that. But it was like wonton chips, Alfredo sauce, cheese, pepperoni, and then like olives and pepperoncinis on top. It was pretty. It was, it was pretty good. That sounds pretty like, good. That this place, this place. If you like live, there's a few different. I don't know where all they're at, but I know there's a couple in DFW, a couple in San Antonio. So like, if you like you're a big pizza person it's kind of like an american pizza place i guess mostly pizza but then they have like burgers and sandwiches for you know people who don't want pizza but those were for losers that's what i'm hearing literally (laughs) it's like uh you know i i can't remember if i've ever said this on the podcast or not but every thursday i go to buffalo wild wings and you know they have uh 
they have burgers and stuff too but it's like man if you're going to buffalo wild wings and you don't get wings you deserve to be executed like ethan Ethan, what do you get hey the past few times i've gotten wings but i think i went with gage one time and i got a burger that's a disaster I think I don't care. I don't care how good it is. I'm on the gauge train. I've been saying this because I won't say the name of it. I don't know how specific of a restaurant it is. I don't think it's a chain, but there's a burger place near us that it's literally has burger in the name and uh, Cooper, which, you know, he all he eats is chicken. Former slot cast guest Cooper. Yeah. Ethan as well. They have gotten, I don't know if Ethan doesn't do it regularly, but they have gotten the chicken strips there. And I'm like, it literally has burger in the name. Please get a burger. (laughs) You literally, you need to try it. I, I believe you. I believe that they're good. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Buffalo Wild Wings, you can get their like chicken sandwich coated in like any sauce you want. That's pretty good. I got Please them. grow up. It's a that? wing. You buy place. grilled cheese from fucking fast food places. I don't want to. How are we it. on this again? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you need to grow up. <laughs> You spend money at fast food places. This can't be. This can't be a recurring. This can't be happening. That fucking takes to just do at home. This isn't even what we're talking about. I know, but I'm just bringing it up because I'm still kind of annoyed by it. (laughs) Okay, well, well, before before we set Josh off on a, a, a. we draw Josh's ire back on the eyes of the podcast. Let's uh, let's re- remove ourselves from the food discussion and, and quickly sprint over to a discussion on the Premier League. We've got a couple of news items to touch on quickly. One that I just thought was kind of interesting. Cristiano Ronaldo has joined the Premier League 100 club uh, with his 100th Premier League goal, which is exciting. It's always kind of cool whenever you see uh, someone, you know, eclipse that margin and become one of the titans of English goal scoring um, my money on the next player to do it is actually Son Heung-min because he's at 89 right now and he's been scoring at a rapid pace. So there's your take from me. Who else is up there? Uh, that's a good question. I think that, I think we, I looked into this and it was, uh, Ronaldo, the, cl- like the order of closeness to it was like Ronaldo, Son, and then Benteke. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not going to get it. You might not see Benteke getting it. No, and then I think Firmino is uh, Firmino is pretty close as well. I so, also don't think he's going to get it. I yeah, I don't think so either. But yeah, and then the second news item, which kind of segues nicely into our uh, match reviews, is a bit of news regarding relegation, and that is that Norwich are officially relegated from the Prem. Um, the third time in two seasons that's happened. I mean, it is their business model, but, you know, yeah. They're officially the uh, most relegated club in history, by the way. I think they just invested poorly after their sale of Bundia, and that's all there is to it. I think so, too. Do you um, do you think that Dean Smith keeps his job, or do you think they'll be looking for someone else in the summer? Yeah, I think Dean Smith probably keeps his job. I don't know if it's necessarily him, because he joined partway through the season. Uh, so it's not like he was directly responsible for transfers, which is what I would say – is the reason for their relegation, the primary reason anyway. So I, I bet they keep them next season. I think they'll be trying to do everything to keep it, like trying everything to make him not leave. Yeah. You know, obviously, he did a great job with Villa for like at least a season or so. And so just trying to keep him even in the championship will be hard for them. Yeah. His, uh, I mean, the transfers he made um, this, you know, this past summer with Villa as well were pretty smart, I would say. 
Buendia. Um, yeah, it was Buendia actually. So, uh, you know, I think, I think keeping him on board because, yeah, in, in my in my humble opinion, it was purely a matter of personnel, and they just didn't get the right players in. Yeah, yeah, I think I would agree. What's so, other relegation, man? Oh. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, where do y'all think Sean Dyche's next spot is going to be? Do y'all think he's going to be in the championship or, or if he's even going to manage again? You know where I think? He's going to Everton. <laughs> I mean, if if they don't After get relegated, they... it's like if they stay up, it's not a horrible appointment, honestly. If they stay up, I don't think they'll fire Lampard, though. Yeah, I kind of agree. If but... they get relegated, I think Lampard gets sacked, and I think Sean Dyche brings him up. I could see them keeping Lampard. I think that I don't think that would be an awful thing either. It's not like he had a whole lot to work with before. Yeah, but he wasn't but great. And when he managed in the championship with Darby either, though, I mean, he got him to a, the playoffs, but that squad, I mean, I don't know. It was reinforced with a lot of Chelsea loanees. And, and I think they were playing above their standard in my opinion, but I don't know. I don't know. It is, it is interesting though. Speaking of Sean Dyche, we, you know, we were dumping on him pretty hard for, for making that move, but Burnley so far are three, one and oh, after the sacking of Sean Dyche, which plays in nicely to our game of the week this week, which was the uh, relegation scrap between Burnley and Watford. And it was a a very entertaining game for two games that are for two teams that have a reputation for, uh, for being stodgy and, and, you know, kind of not going forward a whole lot. It was a very entertaining game. Uh, Burnley ended up being two one winners after coming back, you know, late in the game. Uh, Reese, I think the biggest thing that I want to just kind of touch on here is what do you think changed? I mean, because you know they they came off a loss to Norwich, decided to make the change to uh, to sack Sean Dyche, but you know what do you think changed in this team that has allowed them to you know perform so well? I think it's mainly a mixture of momentum and new manager bounce because I know they haven't really gotten a new manager, but when there is some kind of change at any level, um, you kind of expect some kind of reaction. And luckily, you know, with their first game right after the second, they got a good reaction. And I think that is just kind of snowballed. So I don't think like fundamentally anything has changed besides the players like mentality because um, I mean, there's, it's it, like you said, like, it's hard to pinpoint a change. And I think it's because there really isn't one besides the players are just kind of working harder. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And Ethan, uh, Watford, this experiment with Roy Hodgson has not worked. Yeah. And, you know, I've been talking about it this whole time when he was at palace, but, um, it's just, I, personally think when he came in Watford didn't have that good of a squad to begin with so I kind of picked them to kind of go down early and not early in the season but like at the beginning of the season before we had played any games but um I think he's done obviously I think they've only got like one win in the games that he's been in charge but um I think they have put up decent fights in some of the games uh this being one of them but I think it ultimately just comes down to them having the right players Premier League quality at least I don't really think it's Roy's fault specifically in this game because, I mean, you've got to look at the the chances that Watford had because immediately following uh, the own goal, 
if Watford had put in any of the chances they had really, because they had quite a few good quality chances, like following the goal, um, you know, they just, if they had gotten any of those to go in, they probably would have, they would have seen the game out because at that point, you know, you're two goals up, you got a bit of momentum, but what ends up happening, right. Is they, they don't finish in any of their chances, which means Burnley's still in the game. And then I think the turning point was, uh, I think it was, uh, there was a penalty call that ended up being recalled, not because it wasn't a foul, but yes. because it was outside the box. But I would say that was like the turning point in terms of momentum. Um, but yeah, basically what I was saying, you know, Roy is not the direct cause of their loss in this game. It's just that they didn't finish their chances. Yeah. And a lot of that comes down to, they did have those chances, like you mentioned, but as soon as, um, you know, it was getting kind of later in the game, they realized they're like, okay, we're not converting these chances. We kind of have to see this game out how it is. And that kind of fell back to, you know, Watford not having the best defense um, at the start of the season and how they've followed through to where they are now and then being in the relegation zone. So, um, you know, I think Roy kind of got away with that at Palace with the quality we had. Um, not the best, but definitely better than Watford. So I think that's kind of influenced how this game played out. Yeah, Watford's approach to transfers weirdly seems to be this like shotgun blast approach where they buy a very large quantity of fairly substandard players and deploy as many of them as they can and hope that one of them works out. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these players like let me let me just read some of the players from the squad that I, I I've heard of them, but I don't think I can tell you a single thing that they've contributed in this <laughs> league season. Uh, Hassan Kamara. At right back, yeah, Samir know. at center back, uh, Imran Luza, who I only know of because he missed one of the worst sitters I've seen <laughs> in a long time in this game. I only know him because his name is Luza, and I yeah. always just imagine like loser. The the there's that clip that went around on Twitter when he he missed that chance, and the commentator, uh, she was just saying his name, but she she was like Luza, 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 like she. <laughs> It's like she's insulting him for for missing that chance, and it kind of did feel that way a little bit. I mean, some of the some of the people that have played this season, Adam Messina, um, you know, Dan Gosling, who hasn't played a Premier League, you know, hasn't been Premier League standard for a long time. Ido Kayembe, another one of their signings. It just you know these don't feel like Premier League quality players. It feels like yeah. you know players that they've just <laughs> located and decided <laughs> yeah. to sign for some reason. I mean, they're some all their transfers almost feel. Oh, sorry. No, continue. I was going to say some of their transfers feel like they didn't get promoted from the championship. A, a bunch of Premier League Wow. A bunch <laughs> of Premier League teams came, stole all their players, and they just had to buy like 20 players to like fill in the squad, which didn't really happen. And it just, it just feels like they just had like a massive, like, just weirdly, like, try and revamp the squad that they don't necessarily like needed. They need like a few key players to stay up, but I don't know. They, their business, their, uh, it's just weird. Yeah. And the thing is they're bringing in these players that are like gambles, but they do not mean, need to be doing that because, <laughs> you know, with them being uh, relegated before the season, it's just, I don't understand. They should be taking, they need to be doing what we did. Um, with Roy when we were just trying to remain safe in the prim and just by buying players who have that experience in the premier league. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as far as personnel goes, 
they cannot rely on clean sheets because their defense is pretty lacking, you would say. I feel like, you know, if you look at like their personnel in terms of who are their best players, they're all they're all forward players, right? It's like Joao Pedro, young and upcoming forward, looks looks pretty decent, looks goal hungry. Uh Ashmada Sar, you know, it's a great player. Love watching him play. Dennis is like had a great season this year. You know, you've got Josh King on the bench. Like they kind of it's weird because you know they're a relegation team and this isn't usually how these teams approach games but they almost kind of have to tr- just try and outscore the opponents uh, as opposed to you know scraping a one nil win out because i just don't see a way they you know keep a clean sheet in the end yeah and and they're now uh, pretty much one one result either from them or from the teams above them away from being relegated um you know, because they they're at the point now where they're 12 points shy and there's four games remaining. So they would have to win all of their games and hope for a goal difference swing and hope that the teams above them uh, don't pick up any points. So, you know, they're in a pretty, pretty dire, dire situation here as far as relegation is concerned. Uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get onto the Everton game in a second, but the biggest losers of this weekend are Leeds uh, because all of a sudden Leeds have been uh, dragged right back down into this fight, uh, which is where they don't want to be, um, yeah. you know, because they it, they got pumped on the weekend. Yeah, uh, I mean, and... you, you would expect them to, to be honest. I mean, I think we all expected this result. Right. You know, pretty high scoring from City. The issue, like you said, isn't really their own making. It's that we also thought Everton were going to get tossed and they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, and Goodison Park was rocking. I, I've, I, you know, picked up the end of the game because that was at the same time as the Spurs game. And, and so I wasn't watching it live, but I picked up the end of the game and watched the highlights and, and the stadium was absolutely bouncing. Pickford played out of his mind, by the he, way. He did. Yeah. He had a brilliant game. Ethan's highlight of the week, the save he had, the, like the double save. Yeah. That save, that double save was ridiculous. It was trending on Twitter. I think, I don't know if it was trending, but it was, it should be going around Twitter as far yeah. as I can see. The, you know, I usually don't give Ethan's highlight of the week to goalkeeper saves. Um, I could have easily given it to Son's goal that he had this because it was really good. But I had to pick Pickford. He had such a great save there. He kept and I, I just love his, like, the way he celebrates it afterwards, too. Like, mm-hmm. it was like a goal. Love to see the passion. Yeah. 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 So, and another, a rare, uh, a rare moment of off both posts uh, from, I think, was it Mason Mount that took the shot? I think it was. Um, but yeah, one of those rare funny moments where it crosses the goal line and, and hits both posts. Everton hearts in their mouths for sure. Yeah. That, at that time. So I have to ask the question again to all of you um, who's going down because Everton have made a case for, yeah. just for survival here. I'm sticking with Everton. Uh, I don't know. I think this is, this is a great result. I don't know if it's a sustainable result. Like, I don't know how much of it is due to like some kind of tactic change or anything. I think this could just be a one-off thing. Uh, I don't know who they play next, but I know they have us on the final day, which would be very interesting. Okay. I think it honestly depends. I think it depends on their next result. If they win, I think they can stay up because not only will they be doing good on points, but um, that's a ton of momentum. 
if they lose their next game, um, I think, you know, I think they go down. Yeah. I, I, so the other thing, well, this, this is an interesting scenario because depending on how results go, you know, throughout the, the other parts of the league, that, that last game of the season could be Arsenal fighting to get into top four and Everton fighting to stay in the league. Yeah. Uh, so that could be box office stuff on the final day. I'm very much hoping they have been relegated by then or we have secured top four by yeah. then. Yeah. Because that's just a very, very tough game if if that's the scenario. Yeah, that's like hearts on the lines for both teams, surely. Um, which is what you want to see, but for you, it's <laughs> it's you know difficult. Yeah, it's not what I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Leeds. They have Chelsea, Brighton, us, Arsenal, Arsenal, Brentford. I, I just don't see any of. I don't see them getting. I think they might be able to get a draw against Brentford, but they've been. I don't know. They they've been rough recently. Yeah, I, I think mean, I'm gonna. I think I'm you. I think you're kind of to speak in my language here. I think I might go with Leeds to go down now. Yeah. I said Leeds the last time we had the first time we were like, holy shit, Everton or Leeds might go down, right? Yeah, I, th- I think you did. Yeah. Holy crap! I'm gonna get a hope. I hope I get a pre- a prediction right. I'm also going to have to go with Leeds because I'm looking at Everton's games and they do have the likes of like Leicester and uh, Arsenal, but they've got some games that they could, they could easily take points from. And I, like Josh said, I don't see Leeds taking any points from these games. Um, I, I, um, I remember we just played them not too long ago and we were uh, uh, not fortunate to take away any points, but they, it's like, they didn't even have a fight in this game. It's like they were not – they just didn't have anything to play for, which they do. They just didn't realize it. So they might have a hard time these next few games. Y'all's Ooh, rationale I makes do. sense. The fixtures add up. Leeds should go down. I want Everton to go down. I so do, I'm too. I, I do, too. <laughs> I'm I manifesting do. it. Shout out, manifest. Yeah, shout out, manifest. They've never been down, have they? No. No. I think that would be kind of sad. I don't care about their club, so I think it'd be fun. <laughs> they do like to spend like they have all the money in the world. Yeah, so. we we I know you you missed out last week, Josh. We were we had a segment where we basically were just ragging on how poorly run they are. Um, there's a lot of facts and figures that are against them at this point. Uh, yeah. So yeah, maybe we'll we'll fish that out maybe, and we'll have that we can have that be one of our clips for uh, for the week. But um, yeah, uh, wow, Everton. Um, but they got the result they needed against Chelsea and um, you know, they, they've breathed life back into their season. So fair enough. And they have a game in hand on the teams above them and it's against Watford who are probably going to be relegated by the time that game is played. So, and they play us next. And so Crystal Palace could be relegating Roy Hudson. (laughs) That would be, I think it's a dream scenario for you at the end of the season here. I would sleep happy. Yeah, I could finally sleep. Yeah, I know you said your last game against them was y'all, you know, you extinguishing your demons, right? Defeating your demons. Yeah, but this, this one, this beyond really be defeated. I like know. Bringing them back. I, I hope them again. I hope what happens is that you you send them down with a nil nil draw. That's what <laughs> I think that'd be hilarious. Go ultimate Roy ball on them. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, right. I think that will probably cover our relegation talk for the week. Um, game of the week ended up being last week. It was a stinker, but this week it ended up being a, a, re- a really good game to watch. Uh, good stuff to see from, from Burnley and Watford. Uh, we also had a, a very exciting promotional event for Slapcast, which is the Slap Showdown uh, between Spurs and Leicester. Comes around, what, eight times a se- no? How many Slap Showdowns are there in a season? 16, eight? I don't know. Math is hard. Permutations are hard. Teams. I think it's got to be 16. Four teams home and, home and away. I think it's six, maybe 32. I'm not 100% sure. It's going to hurt my brain working on it, but think about it. See, well, like say... we Arsenal plays y'all, each one of y'all twice. Yeah. So it's six games. Six. Six per team. Between four. Six so per team. And then you have to divide that in half, though, because you'd be double counting. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. So it's 12 oh, games. So it is. 12. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> this, the mad cast. Yeah. That was so funny, though. Just listen to everybody's. Yeah, you, you, you were, yeah, you were on, contributing. No, I thought it was fucking hilarious watching all of y'all just fucking like. We got there. We got forward. there. Okay. Um, but yeah, we had a slap showdown. Um, obviously, one team in this had a lot, a hell of a lot more to play for than the other um, in this game. And I mean, it, it it showed on the pitch. You know, Leicester were good, but I think by the end of the second half, y'all were kind of just saving legs for the. It even it showed on the team sheets too. Yeah, like, like we we rotated almost every position, which I'm yeah. so glad that we are in a position where we can rotate every position we haven't been able to do that in like three seasons yeah and I think you know it's not to say that Leicester were were without chances I think I mean uh you know early on in the game Daka hit well actually Lloris made a save on this but Daka hit the post um and then you know arguably there should have been a penalty called on Sun uh that weird kind of deflected handball type thing um that was weird, and they, like, never showed the replay. Yeah, they that. never talked about it again. It was like, oh, it looks like there's a shout for handball, and then they just moved on. I don't know. It was one of those – I – the only – I wasn't really upset at any point during the game until, like, I thought Casper got hurt, and I was like, well, we're fucked. When yeah, he, I, uh, I remember – yeah, when – I was like, ah, oh, fuck. That would, that, would, that would be awful. That would have been, like, season-ending for us. Yeah, you come on. You don't have faith in Danny Ward to guide you to Europa uh, to Europa they Conference League in, glory. In the commentary when that happened, they were like, "Good news for them is that Danny Ward is back and he's back on the bench." And I'm like, "Is that that good a news? Like, <laughs> it's better than an academy goal, or no? I, it's better than Eldon Yakupovic." Yeah, I guess, but like, like I guess it's good news relative. But like, he's great in a shootout, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, either way, we'll, we'll discuss uh, the happenings of the game here from a Spurs perspective, because obviously this we're now approaching the territory where it's must win uh, pretty much every game for Spurs. And uh, which is unfortunate because we, we play it. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like we're, we're visiting Anfield next weekend, which is not, not ideal. Um, But yeah, uh, we started off really well, actually. I thought the first 10 minutes, you know, we were pressing, which is something we don't usually do. Um, we had possession, 
you know, really high up the pitch. We were controlling play well. And then we kind of faltered a little bit. Um, Lester had, you know, those chances. I think during that, that 10 minute period was where that handball shout and the DACA post um, that all came in the same range. And then, um, yeah, we go up the other end, get a corner and uh, Lester famously can't defend from corners this season. And Harry Kane is left unmarked by Daniel Lamarty and heads home uh, relatively easily. And after that, I mean, honestly, not all that much happened in the grand scheme of the game. Like Lester, I think kind of conceded the fact that, you know, they weren't going to push for the game um, and, and Spurs just kind of, I'm not going to say coasted, but you know, we were, we were not at, we were in second gear for pretty much the majority of the game. Um, yeah, you know, we, were. yeah, I, I agree. Inter Kulisevsky. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Lucas started the game, I think to send a message to Kulisevsky more than anything, because he's been a little bit off the pace. Um, but yeah, it worked if that was the goal, because Kulisevsky came in and, and made a huge difference. Um, Lucas was also like kind of awful. He was absolute yeah. dog. There were a couple times I was like, holy crap. Which is, you know, it's disappointing, but he's really not tailored to the Conte system. Um, so I think, I think he's one of the ones that you could see moving on this summer. Um, in order to bring in, you know, funds for a potential influx of players, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, Kulisevsky was the difference maker. Romero was a difference maker as well. Um, in the build-up to the second goal, he put in two absolutely thundering challenges uh, that led to Kulisevsky getting the ball and and uh, finding Sun on the run. And then, of course, Ethan already mentioned uh, – the third goal, which was also assisted by Kulisevsky, though he didn't know much too about it or too much about it, because uh, Sun scored the classic goal that he always scores against Leicester, which is the curler from thirty yards, um, and it was it was a beautiful goal for sure. But the game was pretty much done by that point anyway, so you know it didn't make a huge difference. Of course, uh, Iannaccio did score a consolation at the end, but I mean, you know, not a whole lot doing there, so. Disappointed that we couldn't keep the clean sheet, but at this, I was actually talking to my dad about this because he he was like, I'm kind of annoyed that we didn't keep the clean sheet. And I was like, yeah, I think if this was game 10, I would say the same thing. Like, you know, cause we need to make sure our momentum's in the right place and, and build up for the rest of the season. But in game 34, I don't give a shit, frankly. I just want the points. <laughs> I, I will take wins however they come at this stage in the season. So yeah. Um. I don't know, Reese, uh, you watched the game, I know, so I'll ask you to assess much as you may not want to, but, um, you know, what do you think Spurs got right in this game compared to the previous two games where we had no shots on target and frankly looked like complete and utter garbage? Yeah, so I missed the very beginning of the game. Uh, like, basically, I missed the first goal, and then I started watching after that um, just because I, I wasn't awake yet. But um, basically, from when I was watching on, like you mentioned, it wasn't necessarily coasting, but it was like pretty static. And, uh, you know, I kind of hinted it with what I said and then you elaborated it. I, I just seriously think the introduction to, of Kulosevsky into this game changed it completely. I know y'all were basically already going to win the game at that point. You know, it's 60 minute onward. Uh, Lester don't really look like scoring at that point, but Kulosevsky just elevates everybody he's playing with to be, completely honest he's he's playing you know he's not playing safe passes but he's also not giving the ball away right he's 
playing the the riskier pass, you know, you would say, but it works because he's finding the man. You know, he probably could have had two more assists in this game. Um, had there been like a better touch or um, you know, a little bit better better dribbling or something like that. I remember there was a chance. I think it was Hoyberg who ended up having to make the touch and it, it wasn't necessarily yeah. easy, but it's definitely, it's also not a touch that I would expect Hoyberg to be able to, to like execute at a high level. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I was, when that happened, I was like, oh, if this, if this had been like sun, then I think this honestly would have ended in a goal. Um, but yeah, like tactically wise, tactically wise, tactical wise, uh, I don't necessarily think that there's anything like different in this game. I just seriously think that Kulisevsky with the current system you're playing is the player. Like he, you know, when you think of the players in the squad, you know, it's like Harry Kane is a player that you can build around. Kulisevsky is a player that you can build around specifically with the system. I think, you know, as good as Harry Kane has been, I think this current system is, almost more built around Kulisevsky than anybody else because it just kind of allows him to um, orchestrate play. So I would be, you, you said this was kind of as a message, him, him not starting. I think message received, and I think he starts the rest of the games to the yeah. end of the season. Yeah, I think I would agree. Um, yeah, I mean, they actually cut to him like as, you know, sometimes like right before the game, the substitutes will come out to the bench before the teams actually walk out of the tunnel and they were focusing on him, uh, you know, cause they were saying, uh, what's the first time he's been dropped in 10 games or whatever it was. And he looked properly annoyed, like coming out and sitting on the bench. He looked, you know, like he was upset about it. So I think hopefully this will catalyze him to be, you know, to be on form for the rest of the season. We're going to need everyone to be on form for the, the game against Liverpool. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's basically all I got. I think, um, I don't know what I think. Cause I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll move on to Arsenal or no, we got to talk about Leicester, uh, the conference league. Cause yeah. that's, that's so, really what Leicester are on here. So this last week was kind of like an absolute like shit show of a week. I had, uh, we had a military ball. I was in charge of planning it. So Thursday we had rehearsal from like mid afternoon till the evening. So I didn't get to watch it. I had to watch the extended highlights but um, it, w- it wasn't a bad performance. Um, Roma looked pretty good in the beginning, which is how most of the games have gone. They scored their goal, and then we ended up coming back, getting, a, getting an own goal that probably would have gone in either way, but it got listed as an own goal. So I think we played – and then we played really well the rest of the game. I think should have done – tried to do, do a little bit better, get grabbed that second. But um, I'm not – I'm a, a little worried – but not terribly worried about um, the second leg. I still think we're going to go through. I think it's going to be a really close game, and I'm glad we rested everyone. I think if Fofana and Evans start in the back for us, I think we'll definitely go through. I think it's just a matter of those two being healthy and depending on who we play at the fullbacks. But I'm excited for the second leg. I'll actually be able to watch it this week, unlike last week. But Second leg's in Leicester, right? No, second leg's in Rome. Oh, okay. So I, I haven't followed the conference league at all. What was the, like, what was the result? 1-1. One, one. Okay. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Italy still has, like, a, not a lot of COVID restrictions, but enough to where, like, there's not a massive 
Right. I remember you talking about this a couple weeks ago. So like a couple, like three years ago or four, I guess at this point, um, probably would have been like, oh shit, that's going to be a tough away leg. I still think it's going to be a tough away leg, but I don't think it's going to be like anything like insane to worry about. But yeah, especially depending on how well we travel. Cause the last away leg we had, like we traveled um, pretty fucking good and you could hear us in like the other team building. So I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, we'll, we'll see how it is. Um, yeah, but I'm excited and hopefully we'll punch our ticket to Albania. There you go. All right. Now, uh, we will move on to Arsenal. Apologies for, uh, trying to shortcut your main avenue this season, Josh, but, uh, yeah, now we'll move on to Arsenal and, and wrap up the, uh, top four race discussion. Um, pretty comprehensive win over West Ham. I mean, really, West Ham weren't awful, but I think Arsenal were always going to be the winners of this game. Yeah. Uh, this was a display from the center backs through and through uh, in terms of, you know, dis- defensive display, but also <laughs> scoring display because uh, both of our center backs um, provided the goals in this game. Uh, Rob Holding with his first goal um, in the league. Uh, you know, he's had some Carabao Cup goals and stuff like that. But uh, first goal in the Premier League, very happy for that. It's had a great time as well. Um, also super deserves it. You know, he's been an unsung hero for us this season. I talked about it on the last episode, you know, when we drop, when we um, were trying to see games out, we switched that low block back five um, where we sub on Rob Holding, you know. He got the start this game because of a tight hamstring from Ben White, and he absolutely uh did uh perform the role you know he had a faultless game actually and that's not an exaggeration he won 100 of his duels in this wow. game um yeah it was a great great performance from him you know uh no clean sheet uh jared bone did get on the score sheet it was a it was a well-taken goal you know um i don't know if there's really blame i guess you could say maybe gabrielle but it was just a well-taken goal on the half volley you know not a whole lot you can do about it it just is what it is um, but we responded well. Uh, we pushed hard. We ended up getting another goal, uh, not directly from a corner, but it was like from a corner that then fell to Martinelli, who crossed like the second back phase. End. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, huge, absolutely huge win um, away. Obviously, they are also uh, mainly looking at Conference League at this point, as well, or Europa League, excuse me. Um, so a few of their um, usual starters you know, they did make appearances. They came on as subs, but uh, all three of these players normally would start for them, or at least recently, you know, Yarmolenko, who's been starting uh, the recent games. Um, Antonio came on as a sub and uh, Suchek came on as a sub as well. Um, But yeah, it was pretty tame. There wasn't really any point that I was super worried about losing. Um, Good note, as far as injuries go, I know, Ben White was out for this game, which I mentioned. Tamayasu, who made uh, an appearance as a sub in the last game, uh, started this game, did go off with a minor injury. I was a little worried about that, um, as did Sokka, actually. But Arteta has already come out and said, you know, he's not really worried about those. They should be fine for the next game. Um, And Party is apparently progressing faster than uh, was anticipated as well. So he may actually get to play uh, again before the end of the season. So it's looking good. It's looking, things are shaping up. We got the result, which was huge. 
Our next game is home against Leeds as well, which I'm not worried about at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll knock on wood. Go ahead and knock on wood for that. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, we've we've talked about it already. The three the three games really that were the ones in doubt, you know, out of out of our last like six were these three, and these are the ones we get results from. But I think it's just been a really good turnaround for that um, weird blip in form that just kind of happens when. I don't want to necessarily say it's completely due to this, but we do have the youngest squad in the Premier League. I think weird blips like that come with youth as a side effect. And uh, also worth noting, we have mathematically secured Europa League, which, you know, a lot of Arsenal fans, they'll probably be like, oh, who cares? You know, Champions League is the goal, which, yes, I agree. But uh, uh, we have to keep in mind if we get Champions League, we're ahead of schedule, as disappointing as it would be to not get Champions League at this point. But we have secured European football, which um, is very big. So uh, just keep that going, I guess. I have a question. Or I had a question. I don't know if you heard anything about it at all, but uh, you know, the narrative coming into this game was that West Ham had no fit center backs. Uh, they managed no. to spawn Kurt Zuma um, out of thin yeah. air. Did, do you know what happened there? Or did he just, I have the team no sheet? idea. I just saw him appear. I didn't even see any discourse about it. It was very strange. Huh. Um, I made a note about it during the game because I was a little annoyed, not because he's fit, but just because, you know, all of the recent controversies surrounding Zuma and all of that stuff. It's like, you know, I don't really know how he's still starting these games. I think it's like a current ongoing court case against him right now. Right. I think, I think some, I think, well, I mean, obviously he's under accusations of animal abuse. Yeah. I don't know what the laws are in the UK about that, but you would imagine uh, it's a very strange scenario with him, uh, basically. So it was weird seeing him start. I actually thought he kind of had a bad game, to be honest. Eddie and Ketsa was absolutely dicing him up. Um, did not get on the score sheet, but he has absolutely changed our attack. Um, he was fantastic. I, I was also watching the game, and just even though he didn't score, the amount of times he was able to get a good shot on goal was insane. Yeah. I think he had more shots on goal in this game than Lacazette has in like the past few months. What I also noticed about him too, it didn't happen as much in this game, but I really noticed it against United, especially is uh, he seems to win a lot more knockdowns than Lacazette, which obviously makes sense because he's quite a bit taller. Right. But um, I think that just provides another Avenue that you guys don't normally have when Lacazette's in that role um, that, you know, you have a new, a new Avenue going forward as well. So. He's pretty much providing everything like as it was previously because he, I mean, he's been studying under him, you know, for a while now, but he is still able to drop deep when needed, um, kind of act as an outlet um, in the transition, but then also make runs in behind because he's pretty quick. You know, he's, he's pressing the whole game. He's getting shots on goal. Like Ethan mentioned, you know, he, like I said, he's not on the score sheet, but he was a constant threat for them. Just, constant 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 and i he might have won both of the corners actually that we that we uh ended up scoring from so yeah he's been great i don't think you know i still think we need to sign a new striker in the summer i would love if he you know stay i know he wants to leave he's talked about it he wants regular game time i would love if he would you know sign a new contract be our number two striker you know um come on as a sub be like because i don't think he was our official second string striker at the start of this season which is where some of the 
issues were, right? Because he didn't like being third string. You don't really play ever as a third string. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I'd love if he uh, signs a new contract and ends up staying as a, as a squad player. All right. I think we'll, uh, we'll now move on to uh, Ethan. I think finally you can say that some life has been breathed back into the, the on-pitch performances for, uh, for Palace. Well, let me just say that this day started off, or the day was a, a roller coaster for sure. And it started off by me waking up, seeing the team sheet and almost wishing that it was a nightmare. I was like in a nightmare because <laughs> uh, Patrick Vera had been talking about um, experimenting with the squad a little bit now that um, we're getting closer to uh, Premier League safety and with a few games coming towards uh, the end of the season. But he presented Ayu, Mateta, and Ezi up front, which gave me the biggest scare of any moment of during Halloween. It was just an absolute <laughs> nightmare. And um, we also had uh, Ward playing left back, it looks like, and then Gallagher, MacArthur, and Schlepp in the midfield. So I was, I, I really was hoping it was a nightmare. And from the looks of the first half, it, it was a nightmare because we let Romeo score from a corner which I thought was a bit ridiculous because um, they got a foul, which eventually I thought was should have been a foul, and that led to a corner, and then they scored from that corner. So it was just one of those moments where you, th you thought it was like a little bit um, unjustified. But um, uh, let me read you this bench, though. I, I forgot to mention. So with all – these are all people that are not starting. Edward Benteke, Will Hughes, Wilfred Zaha, Cheku Kuyate, Michael Elise, James Tompkins, Tyreek Mitchell, and Jack Butland. So we just had a lot of our creativity on the bench, no, most notably Zaha and Elise. So, and I, I got to watch IU be the running sad man again. All he does is run and look sad. But um, I think Vera did well in the second half to set up the team better. Um, he brought on the players that needed to be brought on, like Zaha and Elise. And that eventually changed the game because, um, uh, well, not one of them, but as he scored his first goal back um, from injury, and it was a really nice moment for him because, you know, after he had played so well last season, yeah, he had that bad, I think it was an Achilles injury. Um, so he's just been working through that. And so it was good for him to get the goal. Um, and then that kind of progressed our performance to, you know, go on and get, a surprise winner. I, I, I thought we were going to end in a draw, but Zaha was able to pull a nice finish out of his butt um, off the post. And then um, Reese was there watching with me. He could tell you how like hyped yeah. I was and telling him how I didn't really need any pre-workout pre anymore because <laughs> that was yeah. all the energy I need. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Even even though we had it was a 2-1 win, I, I, for, I could say that the performance for a while didn't match the result that we ended up getting. So um, uh, hopefully we can keep improving, but um, I think we'll take this, uh, this win as a, as a moment to like realize that we can help. We have a good squad and we can continue pushing forward. Something I wanted to mention that I um, brought up to Ethan and I just wanted to see y'all's reactions. Cause I, I think it's a really cool stat is, you know, some people are bringing up, you know, it's like, Oh, compare palace now to when Roy was there, look at the points. It's not, it's not too different, but you know, people who actually watch the games are like you know the, the performances are very different and you can see that in the way they're playing right it's a lot more fun to watch blah 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 but it's showing up in the stats too because um if you look if you take a look at the table 
um, out of, I think, nine place all the way to last place, the only team with a positive goal difference is Palace, despite being 12th right now, I think. Yeah, you're right. It's from ninth to last place, and we have a three, three goal difference. And everyone so, else is so, negative, eh? Yeah. yeah. I just thought that was really interesting that despite, you know, being in the bottom half of the table right now, you all have a positive goal difference. And you're also the only team there that has a positive goal difference. I also took a note down of this that they said during the game or at the end of the game uh, is that this is the first time this season that Palace have won uh, after being down. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, this is actually a good time for that. I mean, I realize you would have liked to have won from down, you know, in the like 34 games previous or whatever, but yeah, like it's actually a good time for this to happen as far as, the club's momentum because you know last week we kind of talked about how it felt like you were stagnating and um you know the performances were a bit dross and um you know each week the players are just kind of going through the motions but you know i think this kind of breathes a little bit of life back into the team um you know you get that comeback win of course that last minute you know winner is always something that you know gets people motivated but um you know i think just ending the season on something like that and and carrying it forward into these next games um sets up a good feeling to the close of the season and i think you could take that into to next season as well yeah <laughs> going off of what reese said with the goal differences um it's pretty crazy because uh for a while i know that palace have had it like an, a pretty decent defense um it's just we couldn't score goals so it didn't match the goal difference didn't match how we were doing defensively but now that we are actually playing a more pressing style with better attackers it's like we can actually see the change with the goal difference so I found that pretty interesting as well. Um, and then with this, you're right about this, um, taking this at this point in the season, uh, the, our first win from a losing position. I, I agree because I think um, there's generally been a good feel about the club um, recently. And I, um, I know I was being the emotion police uh, last episode and saying, you can't be happy if we're not getting these kinds of results. But um, they, I think they have worked hard to... Um, work on what they need to work on and um i think it's generally paid off here um snatching the uh the two points um on saturday so yeah definitely i think it's def the the club's feeling definitely matches how we're playing right now so i'm hoping that we can take uh these performances um or this performance and 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 stick it to watford and i think everton um and just finish off the season well okay Good stuff. Good stuff for Palace. Good result, um, especially after the last couple of weeks, like we mentioned. So, um, all right, gentlemen, I think uh, we can just about wrap it up. Obviously, let's kind of mention the fact that, you know, the title challenge is ongoing, but out of the three races, that is the least interesting one because every week they just rock up and get points. Um, <laughs> and that is pretty much how it works. So, you know, when one of them drops points, we'll obviously be here. To, well, if one of them drops points, I should say. We'll obviously be here to, to get across that, but you know, for the time being, not a whole lot to talk about. It's kind of just business as usual for City and Liverpool. So, With that said, though, we have not um, decided on a game of the week for next week. Uh, looking at the games, all of the games that seem like they would have some kind of uh, effect on the table are involved with our own clubs already. Um, you know, uh, Palace have a chance to possibly relegate Watford. Um, Tottenham are playing uh, Liverpool. We're playing Leeds, which is big for relegation fight. Leicester are playing Everton, which is big for relegation fight. So all of these games are already going to be talked about in the next right. episode. 
I'd like to nominate City Newcastle because I think Newcastle with their personnel is a team that could possibly steal some points away with from City and uh, make the title race uh, interesting going into the final <laughs> few games. I want to apologize to anybody who could hear that. There's a, a honking battle going on outside of my apartment window, <laughs> some cars on the street. But yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think that'd be a, a good game to get across. So yeah, I think it, that'd be good too because it falls on a, on a time where we could all watch. Um, it doesn't interfere with our, our club. Although it all. is Mother's Day, but I'll probably still have the game on. I'm still going to be in Waco. Sorry, Mom. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be during finals. So <laughs> yeah. Although I am going home this weekend, some sad personal news. I'm cutting my hair. So the long hair is going away after this weekend, which is very interesting. I'm going back to the old school, uh, old school hair. So, old cut? Yeah, I'm going back to the bowl cut. <laughs> yeah, the bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> the Bieber flow, you know. But yeah, no. So either way, uh, to wrap up, wrap things up, I think we just want to say a big thanks to Chris again, you know, for kind of being on side with us and, uh, you know, being willing to take a punt on us and, um, you know, take us into this uh, network with, with Manifest Media and with everything else. Um, another thanks to Magpie J who continue to support as well as in touch with them. Um, and thanks to you gentlemen for joining. Um, Ethan, thanks for, for joining and providing your insights. Yeah, thank you for having us again. And I'm looking forward to the future. Reese as well. Uh, you know, thanks to you for, uh, for being involved. Of course. And thanks again for hosting. Oh, so I sweet. I spent last week and I realized we never, we never thank you for hosting. So <laughs> Sure thing. And uh, Josh as well. Thanks for joining again. It was nice to have you back. Yeah, it was nice to be back again this week. I didn't want to miss last week, but it was as I needed to. But you'll notice as we go through this, I'll be missing a lot. If y'all are like new listeners, I'm in and out a lot because of my like school schedule and some other things. So Josh is a busy man. He's got a lot going on, but uh, we're proud of you. We say that. I know you don't listen to the ones that you're not on, but usually when we talk about you at the end, we, we give you shit at the beginning. And then at the end, we usually say that we're proud of you. So I'm glad it like slowly transitioned. Yeah. It's a character arc, you know? Well, now yeah, he's going to go so. back and give us some viewership. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's on a, on, a, on a more personal note to the three of you. I just, I, you know, I want to say thank you. Cause of course this was always my, you know, brainchild. I think everyone knows that. Um, but you know, I just thanks to you guys for continuing to, you know, be around and be involved with the project. So now we have visual listeners, visual listeners, visual <laughs> people, that consumers. Can see what we're doing. Yeah. So <laughs> unfucks next time. I will fix it. See, this is the key for me because you can't see it in shot. So I, I think my bedroom is probably like a solid like. I'm being generous with like 40 square feet. I don't. It is small. I've, I've been there now. I can say uh, it is small, but I, I actually kind of like it, Josh. It's, it's pretty like cozy. It too, but also, what we can do like, now that we have video is a Bella cam. Bella dog cam. She's sleeping. Bella. Bella. She's sleep on the floor. It's a little tight for the, I won't for the lie. YouTube people. So if I, you're listening, go check the YouTube. Now yeah. you have incentive. Bella cam. I looked. I looked over and I thought Bella was in my room for a second. I like that shirt down there. <laughs> oh my gosh, that does look like her. It I was actually like, does. You know, I was like, what? <laughs> I said Bella Cam and you had a heart attack. I know. Like, yeah. I, I snuck her into your room while we were uh, recording. Yeah, you just say Bella Cam and then you're like, 
she spawns. <laughs> yeah. She just spawns in all of our rooms. Yeah. But I would freak out. Yeah. Oh, before we end the show, I do want to do a quick little nod uh, to, well, Josh is going to be out on this, unfortunately, but to our boys in green, the Dallas yeah. Stars. Uh, we made the playoffs. Um, we are going to be facing Calgary in the first round. Oh, that, inshallah. Um, yeah. we missed, we missed the playing the avalanche because thank of you, um, Nashville. Well, really thank you to the Arizona dumpster dogs for coming back from a four goal deficit. Um, yeah. For the stars until like they play the blues and then die. Yeah. Play the blues in the playoffs. Um, no, I yeah, I just ordered a Stars jersey. I had a pretty big discount on a Adidas like authentic or authentic. They have a lawsuit about what actually is authentic right now because they're Adidas and they're a bunch of shitheads. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just ordered Jamie Banks. I could, didn't really know who I wanted to get on the back because it was kind of eh. yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of players whose like futures are like extremely questionable with yeah. the Spurs. <laughs> I'm still without a jersey. I've got I've got my Joe shirt now, but I need to look into getting one. We'll see. We'll see if anybody is like going crazy in the playoffs. I've got the uh, I've got the Haskin in jersey. I I think my next investment this will be a while down the road because they're expensive. But mm-hmm. I want to. I'm I'm a goalie man in hockey. I'm a big goaltenders okay. union, yeah. so I think I'm going to go with big Jake Jake the Wall. I'm thinking about uh, Robertson right now. Yeah. Or Joe. I've got Joe I'm on the shirt. Robertson might not stay with the Stars. Yeah, he, he will he will i promise he will he's we an rfa did we just an, give him a new contract no not yet but he, oh. he's his his deals up at the end of the season he's an rfa so we still have his rights like i don't think he's going to take us to arbitration radulov's going to leave at the end of the season Klingberg's probably going to walk at the end of the season we can pay him whatever he wants he'll stay i know i just I have a bad feeling if like if y'all get like bumped in the first round bad i don't think he's gonna i, I think he might want to i mean this is his first first playoff series like he's never played a playoff game before so yeah. you know i think i think i think he'll be fine because he was a black ace for the bubble so he was there but he never played yeah. um he played once didn't he he's never played a playoff game mm-hmm. not in the playoffs or well that's how that works but yeah. I, I thought I, he played once and no, I don't think Ottinger played, played in one once. Games. Maybe, but I don't know if the uh well, we didn't have a play-in. We were round robin team. So maybe he played in the round robins, but I technically don't think those count as playoff games. So either way, because we were third in the yeah. division that year, so we didn't have to deal with all that. This has become stars cast, but you'll have, the listeners will have to get used to it since playoffs are starting. I was gonna say, well, well, we could have a little segment at the end. Um you know, of every, every show. So, or until the end of the Prem season, uh, although, you know, this is another part of the announcement here. If anybody has still stayed on, stayed on after this, uh, <laughs> after the stars, stars cast, but um, this summer in order to kind of maintain our content load and also to kind of branch out into other possible audiences or, or, you know, just kind of discuss other topics, we will be having a series, which uh, we have tentatively dubbed slap summers. Uh, in which we will be, you know, either interviewing various people about, you know, whatever topic or, uh, you know, just coming on and discussing something totally unrelated to uh, the Premier League. So we will definitely, I can say, do a uh, NHL playoff roundup at some point um, for the stars and for just the, the tournament in general. So 
yeah, look forward to that. Um, if you're into other things other than the Premier League, which I would imagine you are because you're probably a human who has many things that they like. Um, but other than that, I think now we will indeed draw the show to a close. So like I said, thanks to everyone, um, especially you, the listeners, for sticking around. And uh, we love you all. Stay safe and stay healthy. And it's a goodbye from us. 